I survived what I've been through. Y'all got drama, the saga continues. We ain't going nowhere. We ain't going nowhere. We can't be stopped now. Cause it's bad boy for life. We ain't Welcome back to Delicate Shades, the Athletic Dragons official podcast of your favorite fantasy football league. I'm your host and commissioner, as always, Stu Newstat, joined by my right-hand man, the man in blue, the man who just got promoted and, quote, I didn't ask for it, but they just gave it to me, Brian Alkire. Brian, welcome back to your podcast. Stu, I don't know if we've ever started a podcast, and we've had, we've both had a smile quite as big on our face. We ain't going nowhere, because it's bad boys for life. Mm, I'm sure that's a remake that'll happen. Uh, It is certainly not my unasked for, but appreciated promotion. It is Stu Newstat making moves, spurring activity on the trade wire, getting us both must have win to keep us both alive in the playoff race and to make this league literally turned upside down. I feel like it is wide open. Some are saying it's conspiracy. Others are calling us collusion. I say we are just savvy trade makers needing a win and not affording a loss. There's a couple angles to this. I think that it was already going to be close. And I think some of us would have won regardless of the trade. Some are questioning the fact that multiple trades and multiple leagues happened within minutes of each other. I'm here to say... I would not recommend negotiating two trades with Stu Newstead at the same time, but we both got them done and it was a big one. Multiple angles to this trade, let alone the fact that you traded two of your best players within two and a half minutes of each other, but you also reversed the reverse. I feel like we insert Michael Scott, uh, snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap on the Terry McLaurin for Keenan Allen accidental. My internet went out trade. And now you are proud owner of Scary Terry, something I told you to do months ago. Yeah. You know, after knowing that the trade that never happened cost me two wins, it was time to pull a deal. You know, I was watching my Tottenham Spurs before NFL kickoff just get absolutely destroyed by West Ham. No, I wasn't. I was watching Liverpool absolutely destroy Man United. Sorry, Doku. And I have I'm on FaceTime on one phone. I'm calling Kyle on the other phone. Chrissy's on the couch just beside herself that I am spending this much time and energy trying to figure out who's going where, but you're right. Headlines of the weekend, Dalvin Cook, Keenan Allen, no longer a part of the last dance. Hard to deal with, tough conversation, especially right before game time. Just before game time seems a little generous to the general manager of the team. Uh, It was minutes before game time. I think like 13 minutes before game time. We had plenty of time to get the thing done. And here's the thing, guys. I'm going to give you some advice that I've learned throughout my years here as the commissioner of a fantasy football league. You have to do what's best for you, right? You can't be thinking about, oh, what's going to happen next week? You got to do what's best for you right now. You know, the goal is to go 1-0, right? All the football coaches say, hey, we're 1-0. Each week, you want to go 1-0. This week, I'm 1-0. Next week, who the fuck cares? I'm one and all this week, and we ain't going nowhere. Thank you. Wow. Thanks. Thanks for that, Stu. You have to be one and know next week as well, or else you're out of the playoffs. So uh, it's kind of an all in move from both. Well, can of we us. talk about how I had a plus 25 point difference from this trade and only won by one point? 
it almost didn't matter whatsoever, which would have been the best part of the Definitely were, it would have, I would have been beside myself. I would have, I would have left the league. I would have given you permissioner commissioner controls. We'll see how it goes. I will say that Kyle and I texted each other at about 2 PM and realized we were both on the other side of this trade that you were orchestrating and that I would have just traded. Like I wanted Terry. We, we, if we would have had time to talk to with each other, we would have probably cut you out of the deal. We didn't Fine. quite realize it at the time. Well, so you got to make money. You got, Hey, you got to spend money to make money, you know? So let's take a look at our standings. Now I alluded to it in a text message. So tied for first and only separated and separated by 42 points is Lincoln and Doku. Yeah. Not only did I make a massive trade, I took on the best team in the league right now. And then from second place to 11th place literally is separated by a game. It's four and it, there's one, two, three, four teams at four and three and five teams at three and four and Crenshaw is at one and six. This is going to be a wild sprint finish. We have seven games left. And if you look at the scoreboard, big implications this week, Brian, you're playing Will. Both of you are three and four. Will and I both decided we are just in solidarity going to be aligning our record with the Colts. And that was a fun game until this week, which only one of us will be able to align our record with the Colts. Hopefully it'll be a team that uh, has a nice three and three uh, record, four and four, excuse me. Then we have Nash versus Joe, a three and four versus a four and three. Kyle versus Doku, a four and three versus a five and two. And then Dad Bod versus Warm Dorm, both four and three. And then Dylan, the rivalry week, Dylan plays Lincoln, three and four versus a five and two. So big things are going to happen here. The, the the conference, the division, the league, whatever you want to call what we have going on here, is going to tighten up big time as we continue to move forward at the end of the season. So with that, we'll move into our Dragon Debrief presented by metadata metadog the new facebook parent company meta you hate the real world well let me tell you about virtual reality your girlfriends can't find you in here come on over boys <laughs> you think she's annoying in, in, in real time just imagine what she's like in virtual reality uh maybe we should cut that one out <laughs> all right the best no, worst. I'm going to get this started because, again, your algorithm gives Lincoln the best coach. Hey, Lincoln, do you think you're the best coach this week when you lost? No, you don't. You don't think you're a good coach. Here's your freaking handout, you millennial baby. Here, AYSO, take your orange orange slice and a Gatorade and, and go run around for 50 minutes and get a trophy afterwards. Good job, Lincoln. Congratulations. You're the best coach, but you still lost. Loser. Wow. And again, we love our sponsor. Thank you again for all this insightful information. Our worst coach of the week, uh, he was a non-winner this week, Andrew Nash, the worst coach of the week. And let's just dive right in, Stu, to the MVP and the LVP of the week. To go off on my raid on Matthew Barry, again, you know, Cooper Cup does really well. And this is the seventh time he's tweeted He's not your little Cooper. He's not your Cooper cup. He's my little Cooper cup and, and caps my, it's like, dude, you are just weird. So Cooper cup, 37 points, 
14 more points than his projected. He's projected 23 points. Damn. And then the LVP and gave Crenshaw a devastating sixth loss of the season. He started Sam Darnold. What a, I've texted him this unbelievable move. If, if he would have started Teddy, or was it any, was it any other quarterback, any other quarterback on the wire, he would have won, I think. And, and then would have made this even more insane. Who would he have beat? I forgot. I have to look. It was a uh, warm dorm. Warm dorm. And what gosh, about a huge upset used... lost by 10. And he had two points from your quarterback. Zach, we're not mad. We're just disappointed in your lack of trying. Unbelievable. This just in. Zach sucks at fantasy football. Breaking news. All right. Next up, Stuart. Yeah, moving right along here. Sorry, Zach. You are you're doing your best you can. Underdog of the week goes out to Dylan Rate. Talk about another dad who is up at all hours of the night, making sure his little boy is being cared for. Throws up 148 points over over Doku. Might hit the Mike Evans three touchdown game over the Bears, and you know you just got to hand it to Dylan, who's just doing what he can to provide for his family. Only had a 27% chance to win the game before it started, so pretty unbelievable upset. Well, he had a really good pickup in um, the running back from Cleveland, to Ernest Johnson. Uh, the luckiest and unluckiest team of the week. The luckiest. It's warm dorm. Should have only beaten four other teams. And the unluckiest team was Lincoln. I guess if you're the best coach, how are you unlucky? I don't know about how that one works, Brian. Maybe you should update. The amount of meetings I'm going to have with our sponsors after this and having to talk out of, oh, my goodness. I'm just going to have to edit this out. I think it's the easiest solution. All right, Stu. um, We have an extra bonus episode of the Dragon Debrief. Normally, only some weekly winners from our friends at Datadog, Dunkin' Donuts, the shell company of Datadog and Databricks. Let's do their power rankings. Exciting. We are wow. going to have some midway through the season power rankings. I think people are going to think these are surprising, Stu. Is that fair to say? This is ridiculous. So um, <laughs> you, you love it. You're only including this because of your current rank, and that's I can tell that what it is. All right, so we'll jump right into it here as Remy begins to walk into the room. So Dad Bod is the number one team in the league right now. Playoff odds of of what? About 95%. 95%. Yep. You answered your own question there. His coaching rank right now is number three. His predicted future power rank is second. So it's he's projected to be this. Well, he's projected in the future to drop down to number two. Stu, who's going to overtake him? According to these power rankings, Joe will eventually overtake him as his future strength of schedule is a little bit less than Richie's Joe has a 93% chance of making the playoffs and his coaching rank is fourth, which is again, a lot of interesting insights here from this dragon debris Uh, coming in at number three currently is the number one coach in our league. I think he's won this award at least two or three times. It's Sam Doku uh, coming in with a power rank of three so far through our, our mid season power rankings. And then uh, I'll jump into number four. No, you won't. I will, because you're not going to hype yourself up. At number four is Brian Alkire. No wonder he wanted to have a new uh, rankings. His 
coaching rank is second in the league, meaning he's done a really good job of projecting who's going to do better than the other person, but hasn't has results in four losses. You have a, you have a, you have a losing record and you're fourth and you have a 39% chance of making the playoffs. This is atrocious. Moving on. It's unlucky. It's unlucky. It's unlucky. Behind me is Lincoln. Lincoln comes in uh, fifth with a coaching rank of five matching his, his numbers across the board and his, Future predicted rank is sitting at five. So the the data likes Lincoln as a steady presence. Uh, Stu, I'll let you take six and seven. Number six is Kyle. His coach rank is eight. Playoff odds, 58%. Probably dropped after he gave me Terry. Finally, thank you. His past performance rank is sixth. His predicted rank is sixth. So he's got a pretty good chance of making the playoffs as the sixth seed. And your beloved commissioner seems to be the clear choice of making the playoffs here, despite having a losing record, despite only having a 42% chance of making the playoffs again, unsure where this data is coming from, but we do appreciate it over here at the last dance headquarters. Number eight will be Will Block. He's currently has a coaching rank of 11 and a playoff odds of 24%. Zach somehow in the power rankings moves up to number nine, has a 0% chance of making the playoffs. Unsure how this is working out that way. Mullins is the 10th rated team in the league with a 55% chance of making the playoffs, followed by Nash in 11. He's got a 53% chance. And supposedly to this algorithm, Dylan is the worst league, excuse me, the worst team in the league with a coaching rank of 12 to match his current rank and a playoff odd of 15%. So it's looking bleak for the new dad in the group. So take it as you will here, folks. You know, no need to get your mortgages paid for because of this, but or bet your mortgage, I should say. So we'll we'll move on from there. What you all come here for on this podcast is to hear from those who you don't talk to regularly. You know, we want to make sure these, these uh dragon moments presented by Hallmark at a time that we can hear from our friends, hear how they're doing and making sure that you're caught up to speed on their life. It's the most magical time of the year, almost Christmas is right around the corner for those who celebrate, but the more magical part of the year is when we're able to call people out of the blue during their nighttime routines and see how they're fuck. Forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Let's just leave a voicemail. Five, zero, two, nine, three, eight, seven, four, five, nine is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Hey, Dylan, you're on Athletic Dragons podcast called Delicate Shades. Uh, give a call back whenever you're available. Thanks. Bye. Let's call Grace. Other times you need to call people who, you know, listen to the, listen to the podcast. Oh, hi, Grace. Hi, Stu. Hi, Grace. What are you doing right now? I'm at a brewery. Oh, Grace. Quick question for you. You're currently on the Athletic Dragons Delicate Shades podcast. We need a statement, oh my God. We need a statement on meta, please. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm at a loss of words, to be quite honest. Is that what you will be when you're in augmented reality uh, at, in a loss of words? I hope not. 
Well, we were talking about it at the top of the hour. We know you're our number one podcast fan. We just wanted a statement. So thank you for your time. Enjoy the beer and tell Will Block he sucks at fancy football. Okay, I can do that. Great. Is that all, Stu? Yep, talk to you later. <laughs> Hello? 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 Dylan. Dude, Brian. Welcome to Welcome Delicate, Delicate Shades. Shades. What up, dude? I'm good. Where are you? I just gave Griffin a bath. Oh, how's Griffin doing? He's doing great. He rolled over last week. Big, big, uh, big time stuff. So, so take us for, for those of us who don't have kids, which is, um, a third of the league now, uh, is that a big moment for when a kid rolls older? So it's, it's kind of like one of those like first milestones. Oh, so it's like basically when you get back from the hospital, they just eat, sleep, shit. And like, if you set them anywhere in the house, it's like a 99.9999% likelihood that they're, they're just going to be there in the exact same position. And then you can do tummy time and they can like start to raise their head a little bit. And then slowly they can roll over from the, their tummy to their back. And then they get to where they can roll from their back to their tummy and then they can sit up and then they can crawl and then they can walk. And then they probably peak at like five ten and never get to dunk the ball. <laughs> uh, feel that. <laughs> so that's how, that's how, that's how you become a human. Huh? Yep. Yep. And uh, I'd love that Dylan on like one of those evolution posters with like the big arc, but just with all of those different things that you just said. Oh, it'd be perfect. Are you are you starting him off as a lefty so he can be ambidextrous and be a left-handed pitcher for the World Series and make eight hundred million dollars a year? So it's interesting you brought that up because I was always um, under the belief that more people are right-handed because it's just more convenient, and that like society has skewed people to be more right-handed. But Griffin is very clearly right-handed. And it's, it's, it's very obvious even at three and a half months old. So you're worried about him being a, a, a switch hitter? No. Well, first of all, lefty? first of all, I, I don't know if I'm going to let him play baseball just by virtue of like, I don't, I don't, I find it incredibly boring. That's fair. You know, there's that. But if I could make him ambidextrous, I would, but I just don't, I, I think it's, I think it's pretty much decided I think it's more a nature than nurture thing that you're either right or left-handed. This is fascinating. I feel like I... And Richie and Crenshaw, I think, are either... I would imagine they're going to both agree wholeheartedly with that Um, because it's like Lily and I are both very convinced that Griffin's right-handed. Wow. Do you think he knows how to write cursive? Like, will he be a cursive guy later in life or, or a print guy? I don't... Stu, to be completely honest, I don't even know if he'll, like... He might not ever have to drive a car. Like he might be in like a Google car when he's 16, you know, like to, to keep our theme of the episode, he might not even be in reality. Now that meta exists, he might be in some sort of augmented reality. Thanks to Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg. You ever think of that? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I teach seventh grade kids and half of them don't live in reality. Wait until they get an Oculus. They really won't. <laughs> Still, how are you feeling the league's going for you this year? I mean, I'm at the bottom of the league. You know, I'm, I think I'm, I think I've been making some good choices. See, this is the problem with me this year. Usually 
I have clear starters and my bench is just total garbage. So it's like, I don't have to make any choices each week. It's like, I know who I'm going to start unless they're on a buy, but you know, Miles Gaskins in my vein of my existence. And if you look at his, his week by week, every other week, he has like 20 plus points, but I've started him on the weeks where he's had, he's had under 10. And if you can literally go look at every week I've started him, he's scored less than 10 points. Week, week three, 10 points. Week four, 0.3. Week five, 31.9. Week six, 3.4. Week seven, 17.7. That's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, so the 31 the 31 week I was so pissed cuz I had started them two weeks in a row and I had someone on the bench and and like a flex player that just outscored him and I was like, "All right, I'm I'm benching him." And then he went off for 30 points. For a guy who has Barkley and CH in your IR spots, you have three starting running backs all still in addition to them. So I have to say, you've got a pretty deep team. I know. Dude, that trade helped you out so much, Mattinson for Booker. You know, I, it, did, it really did, Stu. It really did. I really think I'm about to turn a new leaf. I think I'm about to get some wins here. I'm not going to predict a crazy winning streak, but I'm going to climb my way out of the bottom and at least be able to sit comfortably um, the, the last third of the season here and know that I'm not going to be in the toilet bowl. So, Dylan, obviously, we've all heard your major life update in the last year or so, but you're still teaching. Mm-hmm. How's that going? Any other any other big uh, updates still in Louisville? Well, we we uh, remodeled our upstairs of our new house. It's amazing, by the way. Uh, just in time for the baby to come. Stu and Chrissy were our first guests. Nice. So that was cool. Um, then the baby. Um, I'm back teaching in person full time. I ended the year hybrid. Uh, the year before that, we were we were virtual like most of the country. So it's nice and refreshing to be teaching back in person. I can really tell you, and, and not to delve into it too much, that a lot of the talk was the learning loss and how these kids would lose a whole year of education. But the biggest deficit I see is just the social loss. Um, my students that are seventh graders are behaving like fifth graders. And they've, they've almost lost like an entire year more of just maturing socially. And so that's been like kind of wild to see because they're just even more immature than seventh grade kids already are. Um, and I had nobody talk, you know, that wasn't a focal point. The focal point was they're not going to be able to read or write or blah, 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 blah. Well, they can't socialize. Are they more acting out then in class? I would say the acting out is probably on par with what it usually is. It's just more childish behaviors. Yeah. You know, I used to teach sixth grade and it reminds me of the stuff that I dealt with at the beginning of the sixth grade. You know, now I, I kind of got it down. You know, my, my students think I'm a little bit crazy and they like me and, and like, I'm nice, but I, I also have like, like they just never know when I might just pop off on a kid. So every now and then I just, you know, I just tee off on some kid for doing something totally asinine. And then the rest of them are always afraid that I might just tee off on them. So they just kind of like keep it pretty mellow. You know, other than that, guys, life's good. I'm going to Tony Schwab's um, wedding this weekend up in Cincinnati. We called you a week too early. We should have gotten some stories after uh, the Tony Chelsea wedding. 
So, Dill, it's uh, it's that time of the call where we need you to uh, name your rival uh, for the rest of the season, or it can be who you've already, you know, butted heads with. I've been every year, and even the, the past two years, where we've kind of, like, switched up the schedule a little bit. But for those first few years, it was the same schedule every year. I would start my season with Joe Hesburgh and then end my season with Joe. So my first two games were always Joe, then Lincoln, and then I would end like Lincoln, Joe. And I like to think Joe's my rivalry, but his record against me is so appallingly good. I think I've probably beaten him, beaten him one time in the history of our league, and I play him at least twice every year. So it's kind of like the the UK Tennessee football rivalry. Um <laughs> You know, Tennessee just beats the shit out of UK every year, but UK still thinks it's a rivalry. So in my mind, it's a rivalry. In Joe's mind, he's like, oh, this is a bye week. Like, I'm going to win. So I think my real rivalry is probably Lincoln. And I did I not say that earlier in the podcast? You'll you'll be able to hear that. I did. I said it's rivalry, rivalry week between Lincoln and Dylan and I already alluded to it. So you're welcome. It's well, I'll just give you a quick, thank you. A quick preview. Give yourself a little bit more credit with Joe because you have beat him five times though. He has beat you seven really? times. Yes. Uh, but you have a pretty large wow. point, point differential between you. He's up 144 points in your career history. And just looking at the, uh, he's won the last three matchups um, and he scored kind of an unbelievable amount of points every time he's beaten you compared to you. So you've, I'd say you've gotten unlucky. He's put up 162 points on you. That was week one, right? I think so. 176, 142, 139, and 126. You, you've hit him on bad weeks, that's for sure. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I can't seem to beat him, at least not as of late. It's uh, it's it's a little bit more lopsided, though. You're, Lincoln's got six wins on you to your three. Um but uh, oh. but uh, it's it's more even every other year you kind of trade a trade a win for each other for each other until uh, in the last four years so it was early on that he beat you he beat you f- the, like the first three years in a row all right that's I, I'm gonna count that as two rivals for the year your wannabe rival and your real rival yeah I mean I I love the stats I, you all have really just boosted my confidence I was pretty certain Joe's beaten me like all but two times but. There you go. To find out I have, I have five wins against them, you know, that, that makes me feel pretty good. Stu, we need, we need a new sponsor. I, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go into Friday tomorrow, ready to go. I'm dressing like a Dalmatian because all these women I work with wanted to do 101 Dalmatians. So, <laughs> I, you know, I haven't been too excited about that, but I'm a team player. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to be wearing black and white and dressed like a dog. Can you send a picture, please? But I'm gonna I'm gonna be very confident with it. You have Stu, to be. Yeah, we need. Oh, I I will I will get you all a picture. We need a picture to put with the podcast. Yeah, when we send it out tomorrow, that'll be good. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll get you all a picture, um, for sure. Love to see it. But I love you guys. Um, I miss you all, Brian. Will and I were super sad. We we kind of make the wedding, um, but hopefully. Hopefully we'll get to see you, see you guys. Soon. I know we need to, we need to figure out a way where we're all in the same place. I'm trying to think what other weddings we have on the horizon, but we'll touch base and figure it out. Be good to see you guys. Hey Griffin. Gosh, I'm so happy for you guys. Sounds fun. It's a good life update. We need another sponsor, Stu. What, what's our yeah. Hallmark? Is that our good, our feel Hallmark. good? Yep. Hallmark. What a moment presented by Hallmark. You can't make this stuff up. 
All right, guys. All right. I love you all. Looking forward to, to listening. Love you too, man. Have a good night. Good good luck this week's, week as well, guys. Take care. Appreciate Thanks, it. Dylan. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. And that was the Dylan Rate, the newest father of the podcast. Super happy for him. Great to catch up with him and hear his rival. Well, Brian, another episode has come and gone. How do you feel? Shoot, Stu. We forgot to toss to Crenshaw. That's what I feel. Crenshaw, take it away. Now it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Crenshaw's Lack of the Week, presented by DraftKings, though I primarily bet on FanDuel. All right. Nathan Mullen's college fund is not going to replenish itself, and we need to start making some money. So here's a five-leg NFL teaser. Brian still doesn't know what a teaser is. It is basically when you move the line seven points or six points, whatever you choose, in either direction. Uh, The odds get worse, but your chances of winning get better. So here it is. Colts, Rams, Bengals, Lions, Bills. We're moving each of their lines seven points. So the Colts are now plus eight. I don't think they're going to lose by more than a touchdown to the Titans. It's a revenge game. Wentz is balling. Los Angeles Rams. They should still be in St. Louis, but they're taking on the Texans, and they have to win now by seven and a half. They will absolutely wax Davis Mills and the Texans. The Bengals are going to New York and the Jets. The Jets are putting in this scrub-ass quarterback. They uh, had their rookie injured. So the Bengals need to cover minus 2.5 now. They will easily do that. The Lions now need to not lose by 10.5 points. So a field goal and a touchdown versus the Eagles. I have also money lined to the Lions separately. They're going to beat the Eagles. Jalen Hurts sucks. And go Joe Hesburgh. And then lastly, the Bills. Uh, Miami's going into Buffalo, and they're going to lose by more than a touchdown. So you get all these teams. I will send a screenshot to the group. I put 25 bucks on it. It pays out a little more than 60 Feels foolproof, guys. Of course it isn't. So bet at your own risk. And Nathan, when in doubt, your kid could always go to a state school. All right, folks. Hammer. Thanks again for all our sponsors. Thanks again to all you who are listening. Well, see you later.